Welcome to Coming Forward, the guys. This week we'll be going over the NFC West. I got Keith. How you feeling today? I'm doing good, man. Good. Ready to get this started. Yes, sir. Nick, how you feeling? Feeling great, man. Ready to have another good discussion about another division in the NFL. Yeah, I'd like to, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize to our you know fans and our listeners. Uh, I was a little under the weather yesterday, so sorry for holding everybody back. <laughs> no, that boy got the <laughs> shit, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all been waiting, y'all hungry for this for this podcast. Uh, so, like I said, I'd like to apologize to y'all first and foremost. So, Nick, do you want to go ahead and get your heartfelt message out now, or do you want to wait? <laughs> we'll we'll wait after we get to the divisions and all that. You know, I'm a uh, I'm, uh, you know, still a little emotionally compromised. Like I hurt Philioma, man. So we're we're gonna we gotta get through some of this good stuff first before I get uh, into that. Okay, yeah, we can't have you crying at the beginning of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we got we got a whole podcast we gotta get through. <laughs> All right. So to uh, get into this, so we uh, like I said, we're talking about NFC West. So first thing we'll get into is who will win the NFC West and any record predictions. So I'm gonna start with Nick. What you got? All right, so I'll just be straight up. So who I got winning the division, I got the uh, Rams going 12-5. and five. I actually think this is going to be one of the best divisions in football, period. Um, you know, you get a lot of – there are some, you know, factors that go into it. You know, what's going to happen with Russ in Seattle? Um, who's going to be the quarterback the whole year? I, I think we all kind of figure Garoppolo will start for the Niners, but what's going to go forward there? Uh, and Arizona's kind of in an uh, experimental period still. We don't know what's going to happen with the J.J. Watt thing. You know, how is Kyler Murray going to develop another season into the NFL? Um, but, yeah, I got the Rams going 12-5, and five, winning the division. I got the Niners right on their tail. They could also win the division at 11-6. and six. I got Seattle. Again, this all depends on what happens with Russ uh, at 10-7. and seven. I got Arizona going 7-10. and 10. Okay. Well, what about you, Keith? I like it, Nick. I like it. Well, I think the so from like various reports that they have put out, the Seattle relationship with Russ has been like mended because they listened to him. They wouldn't got yeah. him the guard Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. Uh, I think they they brought back Carlos Dunlap like they wanted want he wanted them to, and then just I think they addressed like the offensive needs for him. I know they didn't get Antonio Brown and they didn't get Julio like he was like probably reeling for it but Begging, yeah yeah they fixed the line <laughs> and that offensive line last year or going into this year it's ranked 19th so i mean still eh, yeah, i mean you, never, you want to uh ab2 you want antonio brown they, exactly so but for the predictions for the nfc west i had the niners going 13 and 4 i'm gonna be honest they they had the injury bug last year yep they're not going to be injured this year nick bosa is going to be back defensive lines going to be active uh, they just signed Tony Jefferson. He came off a knee injury for the Ravens. He's really versatile, and I like him. He's a pretty good coverage safety to have. But I got them 13-4. and four. I got the Rams going 12-5. and five. Listen, they went 10-6 and I think six with uh, Jared Goff and the other quarterback. Oh, yeah, I didn't between, even bring up yeah, Matt on, Stafford. On the, back, on the whole back of their defense pretty much. So you're going to say they're going to have those same defensive pieces besides – a corner and that safety let go, but the core of their defense is coming back and they brought in a better quarterback. I'm going to go. Okay. They're going to go 12 and five. I got Seattle going 11 and six. I feel like maybe they'll have some hiccups along the way, but I feel like next year they might have a healthy defense. You know, last year, their defense, Jamal wasn't healthy the whole year. Yeah. I feel like he might be healthy this year for them. And I got the Cardinals going nine and eight, which in that division, that's respectable. You got everybody with a winning record. Yeah, no, yeah. 
The only people that had a, a losing record last year were the Niners because they were injured, right? I think yeah. they, they, yeah. they had the losing record. So I think it's, it's honestly, to me, it's the best division of football. Or not oh, yeah. like, it, it's the best with all the potential it has. Like the, yeah. the AFC North people want to say it that is. one. But Ben's on the decline, and you don't know what Joe Burrow is going to do. I mean, the Browns are better, so that, that division is all around competitive. All three of the teams make the playoffs. Yeah, those sorry-ass Ravens. <laughs> That's a bold state. That's a, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I almost oh, kicked yeah. him off the podcast. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you there with Arizona. I got them going 9-8. Um, and then, honestly, coming in, Y'all might be a little surprised, but I I got San Francisco. I got them going eight and nine. So they're the only team. They're the only team I got with losing record in the division, right? And then honestly, for me, it's a toss-up between LA and Seattle going 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. Um I'm no faith in the division. I mean, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I mean, it's like I said, it's a lot of so you think it's gonna be like a bloodbath in the division then? Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be a division to watch. Honestly. You know what's crazy about this division, right? I looked on Pro Football Focus. The Niners are 13th in points allowed or in uh, points scored. The Seattle is 8th in points scored. The Niners are 21st. Cards 13th, like I said, and the Rams are 22nd. Seattle is probably going to be around that same area again this year. They have yeah, going to have no issues. Yeah, their yeah, offense, they're going to be there. <laughs> the, the Niners are going to move up from 21st, let's be honest. They'll have George Kittle a whole season. Either yep. Jimmy's going to be there healthy or Trey Lance is going to be there. So I'm going to predict they're running back to my committee. They'll be fine. Uh, the Rams from 22nd, they're definitely probably going to be 15th. Yo. So, all right. So I got a question for y'all. All right. So just focusing on the two quarterbacks, the two biggest quarterback situations, right? It's going to be San Francisco and Los Angeles. So I think that uh, – this is my opinion. I think, you know, Matt Stafford, will he probably throw more interceptions than Jared Goff probably would? I mean, probably because he's a gunslinger. But I think they – what did you say they were 22nd in points per game uh, the, last year? The Rams, yeah, they were 22nd. And they got so, Deshaun Jackson. I would put a guarantee st- – oh, yeah. And even though Deshaun Jackson's not what he used to be, he's still probably better than – eighty or faster than 80% of the receivers in the NFL. Um I would put a guarantee stamp on they end up in that top 10 range of scoring points this year. I mean, their receiving core is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you got Woods, Cup, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, plus with Sean McVay's play calling, and you got a deep threat quarterback like Matt Stafford, who's older now, but still has a cannon. They got Tyler Higby at tight end. Tyler Higby, yeah. Like you said, I mean, you got Matthew Stafford, who's now pairing up with Sean McVay. Yeah. You know, with Jared Goff, he was, you know, all handcuffed and oh, let me let me talk to you until the last possible second, tell you exactly where to throw the ball, what to do, you know. So I feel like now that he has Matthew Stafford, he's gonna be a call to play. He Stafford, was Maddie Ice Light, bro. Oh, this is what's happening. Let me change the play, let me do all yeah. that without McVay's help. So I feel like it's gonna unlock their potential through level, honestly. And Matt Stafford was one of those guys that led the league, or maybe not led the league. I can't remember the exact stats. I'm just going off the top right here. But always was in, like, the top five in passing yards every year with absolutely – I mean, I know he had Megatron those years, but them two had zero help. No offensive line, no running game, no other receivers, no tight ends. And they were able to rack up crazy numbers with a terrible coaching staff, poverty franchise. Like, 
across the board. So getting put in a much, much, much better situation. The only thing I feel bad for is I wish he had younger years. If you go back to that Super Bowl year when they played the Patriots in one of the most boring Super Bowls we've ever seen in our lifetime, I mean, that might have been – oh, I'm sorry. Y'all won, won the game. Y'all won the game. So it was defensive game. Yeah, with uh, one of the best offensive-minded offensive coaches in the NFL it right now. It was a game. Belichick is a genius. I'll, I'll give it. No, no. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm talking about the Rams here. Uh, it might have been a different game if you had somebody like a Matt Stafford in there, a quarterback. Hey, you can credit to that ball. defense. That defense. And uh, uh, Todd Gurley didn't turn into the glass man halfway through that season. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Matthew Stafford's played with some – Decent offenses. He's had Calvin Johnson. He had Nate Burslin. And then he I mean, advanced. He has decent receivers, but he went a long time without a 100 yard rusher. No, a but. Rusher and one of the worst offensive lines. But I'm saying did. he's played with weapons before. He's never played with a defense. So now you're going to, in turn, give him weapons on offense yeah, 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 yeah. That's with Cam true. Akers. And yeah, he's going to have a stud defense. So Marcus, pretty much, I know you've seen that highlight reel, though. Of like, it's like, uh, what's it called? I think it's literally called Matt Stafford Iron Man, where he's just getting drilled after every single throw. Yeah. Oh, like, he's getting lit getting up, massacred. Yeah, he hurt so much. Yeah, he's not gonna Sean Sean McVay's not gonna let him get lit up after yeah. every oh, hit like that. There's no there, no. He didn't even let Jared Goff get hit like that. That's what I'm saying. I think we're about to see Jared Goff, and and I'm not the type. I don't want to ever see anybody struggle. But we're about to see Jared Goff. If Jared Goff can succeed in Detroit, I'll take back everything I said because I call like I said I call him Matty Matty Ice Light. No, I think if he can, if he can think, ball in Detroit, he's he's the truth. But I think Jared I Goff is nice. Not nice. I think you know they overpaid because he got to that Super Bowl. But I don't, sure. I don't think he's bad. And then the if you look on Pro Football Focus, they have the Lions as a top ten offense next year. I don't think they'll be awful. We don't see. But I don't know about I don't know about top ten. Yeah, I, I put it like this. He's just like Matt Ryan, bro. He came into the league. He had Sean McVay as his coach, a brilliant offensive mind. You know, we saw what happened with. Matt Ryan had Kyle Shanahan, Steve yeah. Sar Sarkeesian. He had a bunch of offensive-minded people to play with, and then plus weapons. You know, obviously, uh, Goff never had anybody like Julio, but wide receiver by committee arguably had a deeper, you know, at a, cer at a certain point, deeper wide receiver yeah. set than the Falcons. So, I mean, they were two people that right place, right time, and I don't think either of them are awful quarterbacks. I just think they're supremely overrated and definitely overpaid. Okay, well, we know that um, with this division, like you said, it's going to be pretty deep and everything like that. So our, I guess, team that we suspect to come in last here, Arizona, how, how big do we think that J.J. Watt signing is? And how big do y'all think, or how good of a development do y'all think to speak, uh, Kingsborough will have on Kyler Murray? I think uh, Kyle Murray's been playing good. If you look on, uh, like I said, I highlight pro football focus a lot. I like diving into their stuff. He has a better rush grade than his pass grade. His pass grade, I think it's like 77. Rush grade, it's like an 86. He's he's dual threat like Lamar. Difference is he has a, a killer at receiver. He has a top three receiver. He's really it, – it's a toss-up between going Diggs, Devontae Adams, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And, of course, you can throw Julio on there, but just for – the purpose of him being injured last year, we'll just leave those three. But he's yeah, going to have yeah. him. He gets A.J. Green. I'm telling you, if A.J. Green is healthy, the throws that Kyle was struggling on or Kyle Murray was struggling on is going to be – I had a graphic. It showed where he threw his interceptions. It was between the numbers and, like, the outside on the right from, like, 10 yards to 20. 
So having AJ Green in there, I think is going to make a difference for him. I don't you think, think about it too. Like now they got Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk still there as well, obviously. So like that, I mean, that's going to open up a lot for them as well. Like you got AJ Green, like you said, if he's if he's healthy and he's like the AJ that we know, the AJ that we know, <laughs> I feel like they're going to be tough offensively. I mean, like you said, Kyler's dynamic. He's an X factor out there on the field, whether it's from using his arm and extending plays. Or using he, play, he played like, baseball too. Yeah, he's, he's dynamic. So. Yeah, I think we're kind of moving away from that narrative that quarterback's got to be 6'5, 230, you know, pocket presence. Um, and, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, the whole reason why they were able to move on so quickly from Josh Rosen and on to Kyler Murray was because they knew that his offense was literally, I don't think anyone thinks Kyler Murray's the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but Cliff Kingsbury knew that the type of quarterback he needed for his offense was Kyler Murray, was a Lamar Jackson, one of those types of guys that can, one, underrated accuracy quarterbacks, but guys that can really get out and throw on the run really well. And then, like Keith was saying, you know, with the type of inaccuracy that he – I don't think Kyler Murray is an inaccurate quarterback, but the receiving core that you have really improves your margin for error because, I mean, you have Larry Fitzgerald still – who's one of the most reliable wide receivers in NFL history, even if he's lost <laughs> a step and a half. You got A.J. Green, who's one of those low-risk, high-reward types because all you're asking for him is just not be injured. And you're, you're, for your second receiver, is going to be great. And then you got DeAndre Hopkins, arguably one of the best receivers in the game and arguably the best set of hands in the game. So you're giving him a plethora of weapons that can go and get you even if you start to miss a throw, those guys will go make the catch for you. If you so, look at if you look at where Kyle Murray throws his interceptions, I have the graphic here. It's between the numbers, like I said, it's from line of scrimmage all the way up to about like 20 yards between the numbers and the outside right. If you have him throw between the numbers from 10 yards, about 10 yards out, he gets a four to four touchdown to seven interception ratio. And then to the outside right, he's two touchdowns to three interception ratio. So yeah. That is literally, if you look at it, that is where all his picks come, is between the numbers and outside right. Other than that, he's probably going to light you up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and the other thing is, is like, like you know, y'all were saying that he played and he got signed for or drafted for professional baseball. Um, for being as small as he is, I, I can't remember how, what he's listed at height-wise. I think it's 5'10", but he's probably, if we're being realistic, he's probably like 5'8", but he's got an absolute laser beam for an arm especially yeah, yeah. for his size. Uh, my dad calls him mini-me out there running. But I'm he's got he look. He looked like a little badass kid running. When he yeah. – bro, <laughs> he I does. ain't going to lie. When he <laughs> running, it looked like, you know, them kids, you see that. <laughs> like he just something? got out the house, yeah. Bro, yeah, and they mom like, come here. Bro, yeah. buddy, out of there. And then, you know, it's funny. I like when he sees Hop on one-on-one covers. This man smiles. No fear, yeah. He, he's looks, no like, fear. he looks like Papa Smurf, bro. He's smiling. He's like, okay, woof. Yeah, he, yeah. every bro, time. Bro. Every – I feel like that is the dumbest thing you can do for that team is you let Kyle Murray see him get one-on-one coverage. Oh, yeah. He's, he's I think one of, most, one of the most deadly scenarios you can have in the NFL is, and, you know, this is very specific, but Kyle Murray gets out of the pocket and is able to wind up a throw and it's one-on-one coverage, coverage deep with pop. I mean, in that scenario, that is bad for – I don't care what defense, Los Angeles Rams, hop, football team, bro, anybody, caught, that's a bad scenario. Hop caught that touchdown between, what, four Bills defenders? Three? Yes. Bro. One of the greatest <sighs> game-winning scores. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, was different. 
we have a, a place here called uh, Grindhouse Burgers. I was there watching this game, and I was literally about to get up and leave from watching this game. And I'm like, you know, might as well just watch watch this Hail Mary just for fun. And when he came down with that catch, everybody in there was no noise. Bro, shot that he, he like they yeah were no huge. there was no noise everyone's like nah he didn't catch that like they're wrong like the rest put up the touchdown sign that was like we gotta see his review when you see him beast mode over four dudes like that that is like you don't see stuff like that i just i don't think they're bad like if i had to guess they were in the middle of the way last year 13th of points scored uh what were they 12th and allowed and then they're going this year they're gonna have the 11th best o-line i don't think they are bad per se at all i just think they're one of those they're a team in a really good division that is average to maybe at times above average yeah. that is not good enough for that division like yeah it's the, the defensive line you gotta this. see yeah and if you were in a if they were in like the nfc east for instance i mean they walk away with the division oh right? they so they like, they dog the division the whole year yeah and the <laughs> other problem is is even their non-division games like they got to see indianapolis they got to see Green Bay. They got to see Cleveland. They got to see Tennessee and Minnesota. Like, even their non-divisional games are really, really tough. Only so, one out of the ones you just named they could beat is Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. and Minnesota's no slouch. Like, Minnesota on offense, the two receivers and Dalvin Cook are going to give you their best game every time. Oh, they're going to give yeah. the hell. Kirk <laughs> Cousins is going to be the, the bag fumbler of that. I will say week one is Tennessee versus Arizona. And I cannot wait to watch that game because if y'all are betters, just I don't even care what the what the uh, total on that game is. Just bet the fucking over because it's probably going to be about close to ninety points scored between those two teams. <laughs> nah, I don't think I don't think Bud Dupree from Steel City going over the the Titans is going to let them put up a crazy amount on them. I mean, we'll see. But Who they gain on defense, Keys? All right, I, so I like that. I like the idea. All right, well, I wasn't going to do. It. I was going to save it. So. Their defense would finish 28th last year, right? We were talking about it. Yeah. You saw what they added on offense. We're not even going to talk about what they added on offense yet. We'll get Exactly. But on defense, (laughs) they lost all their corners. Don't get me wrong. Their (laughs) secondary is starting from scratch. What what does does Arizona have? Wait, 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 wait. wait. They got Kevin Bernard, right? (laughs) They got Janoris Jenkins. They went and got Jack Rabbit from the Saints. They got him. They got the rookie on the other side. Granted, he's gonna have some growing pain this year, but they have him. They have uh, they have the left outside linebacker. I want to say he was a rookie last year. He's a stud, Harold Landry. He's a he's a stud. So they have him. They're gonna pair him with Bud Dupree. They got Jeffrey Simmons on the line. They have playmakers. It's just the fact of they're they're, they're not deep. deep. Yeah, they're not deep in all those positions. Like last year, they were deep and they still didn't do anything. But it looks like they cut all the yeah, this they year. Could. Yeah, they cut. They they moved on everybody. Yeah, I think yeah. It's- that's what I'm saying. Though coaches can't go out there and play the game for them. I, I agree that <laughs> they got a better, you know, they got a better option over there. But I mean, it's your players got to do something. That rookie, Javion Clowney didn't Clowney didn't play for him last year. Remember that too. So Clowney was remember he got injured, didn't play. Yeah, well, he's Maybe also if, not playing there this year. Yeah, but he's you got Bud. Now. You got Bud. But he's not suiting up, Marquise. Bud Dupree, yeah, he is. <laughs> Coming off an of injury, we're going to see how he, how he so, I guess. So, to, to switch gears a little bit, so stay out there in the NFC West. Uh, who y'all got for offensive rookie standout? I'll just start off my piece. I got a – I think this could be kind of a shocker because you could go Rendell Moore from uh, Purdue going with Kyler. 
but I'm not going that way. I'm leaning Dwayne Eskridge from Seattle. Uh, his attempts when he was since he was in college from 2017, his yards per attempt were or on catch it was above 16. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 letting you know he's catching plays deep. He's gonna be in the kick return game if I had to guess because. I don't think they're going to want Tyler Lockett back there anymore. He's an athlete. I mean, he's yeah. fast, he's shifty, quick. He's everything. And it's crazy that you picked him because I picked him. And I'm between him and Rondell Moore. So just because you picked Eskridge, I'm going to go Rondell Moore. And I feel like, you know, during minicamp and everything, I feel like they've been seeing a lot out of him as far as his, you know, ability. And I feel like they're going to get him the ball. They're going to find a way to get the ball, whether it's jet sweeps, quick screens, whatever. And I feel like, you know, Having D-Hop, A.J. Green, and then Christian Kirk along with him, I mean, I feel like he's about to. I feel like Christian Kirk or or one-and-one, I feel like that might be the only problem. So he's going to have to really beat out Christian Kirk. You know, because Christian Kirk's already been in the league. He's already been catching catching passes from Kyler. Like, they're both small receivers, really fast. They're about the same and same, you know. So I mean, they go spread. They both can get on the field at the same time, so. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know how much you spread them out because Hop t- can command the whole side of the field, right? AJ yeah. Green, if he's healthy, commands another side. I don't know if you can line up two because they're not. You know the the reason why Antonio Brown and uh, what's his name Scotty Miller from Tampa it works because yeah. Antonio Brown's like a technician. He can work between the numbers. He can go across the middle. He's outside. He can do. He can run every route. Maybe and he can it, play any position. Exactly, <laughs> and it lets Scotty just burn people you know what i'm saying like mike evans and godwin can run other routes and scotty could just yeah. burn whoever it is i don't know how it works where you have two dudes that don't really work in between the numbers like that and there are two burners like you know are you just going to burn both of them down the field? you can you can don't get me wrong you can do that i just don't know how well it would work i just feel I, like they're going to give them the ball quick whether it's like quick screens quick slants like a lot of them involved. I'll try to get them out of space, I feel like, is how they're going to try to get the ball. And I think they'll probably, you know, probably do some kick returns, punt returns and stuff, too. So, any way they can get them the ball, just him being a playmaker, I feel like they're just going to try to get the ball in his hands, obviously. And I'm going to just say, neither one of these dudes are going to have a better year than Kadarius Tony. But that's just me. Nick, we think? Sure. Not at all. I totally agree with you, right? <laughs> so, I'll uh, I'll I'll go with a wild card here. And this, there's a lot of tournament factors that – uh that'll play into this, but I'm actually going to go Trey Lance. Um, so I think to start Ooh, the, that's a... yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it all, there's a lot of things that go into it. Right. But this is the thing that we've, we've seen this a thousand times though, with, with the NFL, when a quarterback is drafted that early, the fans, the coaching staff, the players in the locker room, they want to see it happen. So I, I'll do a bold prediction here. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will get traded during the season at some point. I really, really do. Uh, yeah, someone's going to struggle. Marquise, I see your face, but listen. So someone's going to struggle out the gates, right? And they're going to be looking for a quarterback. I can't tell you which team it is, but someone's going to be looking for it. To start the season, I think the Niners are actually going to do pretty good because, you know, they played Detroit and the Eagles week one and week two. So they're going to look great week one and week two. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, trade value will actually go up. I think, I think Kyle Shanahan is sick of these quarterbacks who – and don't get me wrong, I think Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo is good, but he's not great. Trey Lance has a much stronger arm, and the way that uh, Kyle Shanahan likes to play is play action, run it up the middle, but then toss it deep. Trey Lance kind of fits his style of play more, plus he can roll out a lot better than someone like a Jimmy G. 
But you're saying so, you're saying trade Jimmy? Yeah, trade Jimmy. Because I mean, at a certain point, what, let's be honest, Jimmy G is not the development type of leader. You know, he's not uh, he's not Tom Brady. He's not uh, he's not one of these guys that can develop somebody. And I think the whole pay him twenty something million dollars a year. They're not gonna sell him. Hey, I got, I got. Oh no, no, they're gonna play. That's what I'm saying. I think Jimmy G will play like the first. So he, let me just run this off. So they play Detroit and the Eagles. So they'll get two dubs out the gate, increase his trade value. Then they have Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona, and Indianapolis. Four straight games. Those are four tough games. If he starts to struggle, then you know the fans and the coaching staff and front office are gonna say, when do we start to move on from Jimmy G? Because that was the talk during the offseason when the draft happened. Was are we gonna move Jimmy G? And at some point, it's going to happen. The, I think after the Indianapolis game, it'll be the perfect scenario. You trade If you trade or sit Jimmy G after Indianapolis, then you play Chicago, Arizona again, and you kind of get that Chicago game of a waiver to give uh, Trey Lance a uh, step in. Now, don't get me wrong. Chicago's defense is absurd, but their offense is in, in a learning curve at this point. It would give him an opportunity to kind of – see where he is and give that point for them to step in and do what they can. Plus with a defense like that, a risk you can take like that on offense. And I believe in Trey Lance. In my opinion, he was my favorite quarterback in the draft. So you want to hear my backtrack to that? Like I know Terrence okay. got this, you got the segment for the QB. There's a lot. I'll admit before you let you go, Marquise, there's a lot of reaching in my prediction here. Yeah. I just am saying that because there's a lot that goes into it. Jimmy G could play the whole season. We might not even see Trey Lance this year, but what I'm saying is, is at a certain point, Fans in the front office are going to want to see that draft that draft pick go in. And I just don't think Jimmy G is like a Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers where you let him sit for three years and learn. Jimmy G is not that type of guy. So we got the QB situation for the Niners. That was uh, Ter- yeah. one of Terrence's pieces. You mind yeah. if we just rip that right now since Nick yeah. already brought it up? Yeah, I, so I stayed my case. So I already let my case on the jungle. So to yeah, me so, – yeah, yeah, to me, I feel like if I'm the Niners, right – Jimmy G is 36 and 12 in his career, and he got you to the Super Bowl. Yep. I am not trading this man. Listen to me. You don't have – it's Jimmy G, and then you got Trey Lance, and then I don't know whoever the third quarterback is, right? That, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. So you, you have those two. If a health risk is always the concern with Jimmy G, like it always is, right, I vote that you sit Jimmy. Listen, just stay with me. You sit Jimmy, you start Trey. This is why you gates. do it out the out the fucking gate. Excuse my hey, language. Man, I, I'm this, there. So then, this is so then why you get, this is why you do it. Because if to. exactly, it's going to build his confidence. And one, what was the issue? He didn't play that much at North Dakota State. He's going to he's going to get the preseason. He's going to get those games. If you do that with him, right, and say he plays bad, right, it's not a problem. You know, you guys are still going to you believed in him because you you put your whole draft capital to get him. So you yeah, believe in him. So. If that's the case, say he plays bad week five, week six, right? Jimmy is more than confident to get in that offense and roll. You could go, say, by week six, they're they're four and two, right? But Trey isn't playing great. You know, they got the luck, the early schedule, the Eagles and all those people that beat them. But Trey's not looking great. You could throw Jimmy in there, no problem, and the offense is going to go. Yeah. You're going to have a healthy George Kittle. Jimmy ain't going to mess up the cog in that of what's rolling. Even if it's rolling bad, he could turn it around a little bit. So I vote that you don't trade Jimmy. If you let Trey develop, if if Trey doesn't show you anything this year and, like, he doesn't hit it and Jimmy takes you to the playoffs, that's fine. And then you just bring both of them back next year. 
I don't think you rush to trade Jimmy. I, Jimmy is a, is he's a starting quarterback on another team. Obviously, health concerns, but when he's not injured, he's thirty six and twelve. Before, before I let you go, Terrence, I got one question for Marquise. I actually agree with you. I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Led them to a led them to a Super Bowl, but you don't think that that's a statement from the front office and your confidence. And there's a very specific point I want to make. You don't think it's a statement from the front office that you take a quarterback third overall in only what Jimmy G's third season at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? It's definitely a statement. It's a statement. It's a statement that you don't believe. And it's not that he's not good, but there's a difference between being good and being next level. I I, think the reason why they made it to the Super Bowl was Kyle Shanahan over in the defense over Jimmy G being that guy at quarterback. I mean, we saw Brad Johnson won a quarterback, won a Super Bowl with the Bucs. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the with the uh, with the Ravens. Put some it's respect not on Trent, bro. But anyway, I, I'm what? saying I said put some respect on Trent. But anyway, no I'm, man, get out of here. I'm, what I, Jamal Lewis, no, uh, what I'm saying though is that it's not a question if Jimmy G is a competent quarterback. It's just a question if Jimmy can stay healthy. Like that that throw on to Debo or not Debo Samuel's to uh, Manuel Sanders at the Sanders. end. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't see people run routes. I don't see my cousin run routes like watching people's games live. I can't tell you if Emmanuel didn't think the ball was going to get to him and slow down middle route and just stop hauling ass or if Jimmy overthrew him. Because oh, to God. me, it looks like Emmanuel just didn't think he was going to get to where it needed to be. Yeah. And he just cut the route like midway through and then realized like, oh, shit, like he threw it. You know what I mean? I think yeah. John Lynch is saying though, it's not an it's not an argument of competence, it's next level. Because you gotta think in in that division, you got, you know, uh Kyler Murray, who's an ascending talent. You now got Matt Stafford, who I, I think we're in a great do, do we think Matt Stafford, even at this age, is better than Jimmy G? Honestly, no, honestly. This whole Trey Lance and, and Jimmy G thing, like I don't think we'll see Trey Lance this year. And okay. For the simple fact, I feel like even going into the draft, everyone knew that he was more of a developmental. He's a project. So I don't know. It's no question about his accuracy or his, you know, ability. Physical gifts, yeah. You know, physical abilities to run the ball, you know, extend plays and all that. There's there's no question with that. I feel like he definitely brings a different dynamic than Jimmy G. But like I said, you you paying this man more than twenty million and it's not like he's played bad when he's been healthy. And like you say, he took you to, you know, y'all went to Super Bowl together. So I don't feel like it's bad, but I feel like they'll let Jimmy G play this year and let the Trey Lance develop. And I feel like if Jimmy G gets hurt, Trey Lance comes in. Okay, now he takes over. And doesn't matter if Jimmy G gets healthy again. Trey Lance is just taking the reins and keep moving. I just feel like you're risking a lot with with like you said letting Trey or Jimmy get injured because if you let Jimmy get injured right say we start Jimmy Jimmy gets injured week 10 and we're rolling like as offense we're rolling like we're week 10 we're sitting at what seven and three Jimmy gets injured and we throw Trey out there and Trey does it boom we're gonna take this team that was injured last year those dudes got healthy this year balled their ass off and they I feel like he'll have a different dynamic, like Jalen Hurts coming in. Like, but hey, like uh, Kittle said, uh, Trey Lance has had some wow factors. He he was telling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if he's able to come in, I feel like he'll bring a different dynamic. Like even if he's late on processing, late on some throws, he can make it up with his legs. And yeah, 
soft guy. Like, he he wants the contact. He'll run through you. All of you want to know who the X factor is for the 49ers this year, though? Who your Baltimore Ravens gave up? Our boy Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, <laughs> that fullback, bro, that's yeah, one we, of my low-key favorite players to we watch. Did, we, we, did, we didn't – 300 pound fullback. No, no, no. Kyle's not 300. Kyle's like two. Patrick Ricard is 300. You think about the wrong dude? Nah, Kyle's nice, but Kyle just, it was time for him to get paid. Like, same thing is going to be an issue. It's about time for Ricard to get paid. And and Ricard's that big boy. Like, Ricard's sitting at 300. Ricard's a 300 pound guy. Yeah. But um, so this is my thing, though. I just think with Trey Lance, the other thing is it's also about situations. Trey Lance could, you know, people could already be throwing an all bust. Oh, he's a, or not Trey Lance. Um, Trevor Lawrence could be given the, oh, he might be a bust after one year. Because let's be honest, Jacksonville's terrible. I don't think Tre- Trevor Lawrence will be a bust. Um, same thing with, uh, what did they got drafted by uh, the Jets? What's his name? It's slipping my mind. Oh, he's a bust. He's going to be a bust. Well, the point I'm making is is bust. it could be situational. Um, Come on, Zach Wilson, right? Yeah, Zach Wilson out of BYU. He might not be a bust, but he might have a terrible year because of how bad the uh, Jets are. Trey Lance is in a situation. You've got the ultimate security blanket and Kittle, right? And then you also got a running game behind you. You got an offensive mastermind in Kyle Shanahan. You got Debo uh, Samuels too, too. Exactly. Yeah. So you got, and then you got a stellar defense to help maintain whatever mistakes you, you make. Talent for sure. I'm just saying, in this, and then uh, again, not to keep harping on it, but the front office obviously is ready to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Not saying he's not a good quarterback. I think he is a good quarterback. But I think that they don't think he's the guy for their future going forward at a certain point. And it might not be this year. Terrence, you might be, you'd be 100% correct. He might not even do a down in the regular season if Jimmy G doesn't get hurt and they don't the trade only, him in their role. But the only reason I see it happening is if potentially if Jimmy G's still healthy, if Trey Lance comes out in the preseason and gives him a balls, right? Yeah, just balls enough out. wow to be like, yeah. That could be tricky too. If but they who's going to them starting, uh, starting roles in the preseason, that could be tricky. Too. Who's going to take Jimmy off your hands though? Like name at least two know, teams, three, two, three teams. Cause the Patriots locked in that they got Mac. Yeah. So why would you take Jimmy's contract? You know, the same reason they didn't get in the Julio sweepstakes. So we'll, we'll address that later. It but could be. It could be anybody. Got, I mean, let's say let's say Denver doesn't get. Uh, Denver got. Te- they're Pan Teddy. You're not going to take. But Pan Teddy twenty. But the, the point I'm making is, it, it could be a bunch of teams. You know, let's say the James thing doesn't work out in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans has a lot of capital oh, if, that they can move. If, if I was New I Orleans, mean, I would do it. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of teams that. <laughs> I said I said Marshawn Lattimore and give me Jimmy. That's, dude, stop. Could you imagine, first of all, no, they would do the it because it would be San Francisco in that trade. No, Could you imagine yeah. that defense with Lattimore, but no, get out of here. it's crazy because they're going to do it because they're not going to pay Lattimore. Lattimore just got arrested yeah. this offseason for the gun yeah. thing. And then yeah. he's, it's about time for him to get paid. They they can't imagine, pay him. Okay. They're paying Mike Thomas. They pay, yeah. They're paying Alvin. You pay Jason well, Hill. Imagine, imagine this then. There's a couple teams, right? So let's say the, the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out in Green Bay. I think. We're moving more towards he will stay with Green Bay now. It seemed like it was certain he was gone. But let's say he does get traded to Denver or somebody else. Green Bay is going to be looking for a quarterback. I don't know if y'all watched the Pat McAfee show, but uh, or and there's probably been stated on a bunch of other places, but uh, Love has looked terrible so far in minicamp. I know it's been a couple yeah, days. He had but... his first good day today, actually. Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. so he had one good day today, but he's like, <laughs> they're saying that Jordan Love looks terrible in minicamp so far. And then you got – Blake Bortles is so far outperforming your number your number one draft pick uh, from a year ago. Like, I mean, damn. 
So there's a couple teams that I think uh, it'll, it won't be someone who's bad that would look to trade for Jimmy G. It's a team that is good, but looking for a quarterback, even Minnesota. Let's face it. Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback, but I would take Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins any day. And Kirk Cousins got away with highway robbery with that contract that he got. So if you can dump that on somebody and then I think it's something that San Francisco could afford because you're only going to be paying Trey Lance a rookie salary. And then having, I'm not swapping Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins. If I'm the Niners, I I mean, I agree with you, but (laughs) if you're saying that Trey Lance is your guy for the future, I think Kirk Cousins is a good Kirk Cousins uh, is Kirk Cousins getting more than Jimmy. I would swap. I, no, no, I know that, but they can they can afford it at this point because you got a lot of your best players are still but young. If if you could afford it, then why would you trade Jimmy? Again, because you think that Trey is. It's not about whether or not Jimmy is good enough. No, to but play you're saying you you're saying Trey. you you would bring Kirk Cousins in, right? Why as would your backup. you? Uh, yeah, as no, backup. as the backup, you could just keep oh, Jimmy okay, as the backup. But exactly. But exactly. Jimmy's too, but Jimmy's too good. You could also get other things out of that. I mean, you could get picks if. You're telling me that if you were San Francisco, and let's say you just let's just say we're gonna make this Minnesota trade happen, you wouldn't trade Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins straight up. You would do you get picks out of that too. All right, what about what about a football team or Carolina? Hold on, or yeah, yeah, the, the football team would be another good. Team Minnesota is di- living and dying with Kirk Cousins. First of all, once they got once Minnesota, they once they got we're, rid we're of going down this Minnesota rabbit hole. I'm just naming teams. No, but I'm but, saying they're living and dying with Kirk. So Kirk ain't leaving. They 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 did list the thing. Yeah, I think he's on did. the last year of his contract too, correct? They, nah, I think he has two more. He, he might be. Also, to go to Miami. I mean, yeah. Miami. There's a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of teams that could use Jimmy G. There and all of them good teams too that would be looking for just that next step. The, yeah. the, I actually, you just said the best one. I think Washington would be one that would be perfect for him. Yeah, they do. There's there's pieces he can go. I just I don't personally I don't see the Niners doing it just off the fact of. You need a competent backup, even if you start Trey. You need Jimmy. You like, I just feel like it's it's a better problem to have both of them because you got Trey on his rookie deal, and you're paying mm-hmm. Jimmy for the net what next two years, whatever he's getting paid. I, I just think the fear is that you lose Jimmy for nothing at a certain point. Yeah, you probably do lose Jimmy for nothing, but it's just I mean, what are you gonna get for him at that point? He's gonna be old. He's gonna be like thirty. He might serve a purpose, though. He might be. Curdy a- isn't old at quarterback anymore, though. I mean, no, Tom Brady yeah, proved that. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers proved that. Matt Stafford proved that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a good bridge for him. Um, so just to transition back a little bit. So just uh, so now we're talking about who you guys think will be the defensive rookie standout. I think we all are going to agree that the Rams are going to have the best defense. Or yeah. Okay. It's funny you said the. I think might go forty nineers, but. It's funny you said the Rams got the best defense because uh, my pick is the rookie on the Rams, Bobby Brown, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. I feel like since he's going to be paired up with his idol and uh, Aaron Donald and that defensive line, with he got he got Robinson he got Robinson ahead of him, the vet ahead of him. But I feel like he's going to get reps. I know last year Texas A&M he had his Definitely. career high at five and a half sacks or five point five. So. If you add the fact of he his career high was 5.5, right? That was his career high. You're going to pair him with dudes that get to the quarterback. So he's essentially, can you kill one person one-on-one? Like, can you just get – and you're going to probably get the weakest person. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that will build his confidence. You know, Aaron Donald's going to give him pointers. Robinson's going to give him pointers. Leonard Floyd's going to help him. Like, he's – Sean McVay's his coach. Like, he's – I think he's – not for a breakout. Or, that's going to be my breakout year pick, honestly. Okay. I mean, for me, 
I'm gonna just the only reason why I'm going this way is because he's more athletic. Uh, this was Zayman Collins out in space with Arizona. I That's mean, what I think. That was really? Pair well. him with Justin Simmons. I mean, you know, Isaiah more, Simmons. I mean, I don't know. I'm Collins. I just feel like him just being an athlete and being out in space. I feel like he'll be able to make a pretty big difference with our defense. I don't. I mean, go ahead, Nick. My bad. No, you're just to piggyback on what Terrence said. I mean, he won the Bronco Nagurst Trophy Award and the Chuck uh, Bednarik Award, which are the two Defensive Player of the Year awards for college football last year. Uh, one of the only unanimous All-Americans in college football last year. I mean, played all four years. I mean, didn't get to play the one year because of COVID, but was a four-year uh, player in college. Also, you know, I mean, I like your pick with the Rams. I mean, I think that he'll be able to develop well, especially playing with someone um, like Aaron Donald. But in terms of immediate impact, I mean, Zayvon Collins will be able to step right in, be a starter, and, uh, you know, play behind, you know, Chandler Jones and uh, – My, my – uh, Chandler, J.J. Watt. My, and Buda Baker. My only problem with the the, the Zayvon Collins pick is they have Isaiah Simmons. You have a gadget player that you don't – like, for the longest, they didn't even know where to put Isaiah Simmons. Do we put him up at linebacker? Do we drop him back at safety? They figured it out towards the end. But now you're going to get the same thing that you had an issue with last year trying to figure out. And I don't really – I mean, yeah, it adds depth. But I, I, think it, I think it works out. If you got gadget players, if my yeah. problem is figuring out, oh, I got somebody – I got two players I can play anywhere, that's the type of problems I want to have with <laughs> defensive coordinator. For sure, yeah. I definitely want to have a problem. That's, just, yeah. that's like Jamal Adams, like – it's like, damn, I got too much talent. What do I do, bro? Yeah. Like, you're, you're like a Jamal Adams type of player. Like, you can put him at safety, outside linebacker, put him on the edge, let him rush the quarterback. Like, and David Collins is huge, though. He's 6'5". He's a legit 6'5", yeah. 260 he's pounds. He's got nearly yeah. – I think he was like a 37-inch vert, so he's got a nearly 40-inch vertical. I think he's a true linebacker. Um, he was a little bit – he's not slow. I mean, it's crazy to say that a 4'6'40 nowadays is slower for a linebacker, <laughs> but um, – out of space, though, you got a six-five dude. I mean, you can make up a lot of space. He's great in coverage. He's great in the pass rush. He can do pretty much anything. I think he's more of a rotational linebacker player where you can put him inside, outside, edge rush, those types of scenarios. And then if you have to, I don't think he's a he's a great coverage guy, too, if you're talking about a second option for linebacker. Yeah. So I like David Collins, but I, I mean – this is one of those divisions that the rich got richer in terms of defense. But I just like Zayvon Collins because, let's face it, Arizona, if you had to pick a bad defense, or maybe it's Seattle, but of the ascending teams, Arizona's probably the one that's going to need their guy the most in Zayvon Collins, in my opinion. Yeah, Arizona, their, their defense was 13th in points allowed. Or, yeah, points allowed, they were 13th. So. No, they weren't 13th. They were a little... 12th, my bad, my bad, 12th. So they're middle of the way on offense and defense. I don't know what Zayvon Collins does for them. Maybe he does, it, like, if Boone's for you guys, they get Chandler Jones back, they have J.J. Watt, you got Buda Baker. Like, maybe it does work for them. I just don't know how it works is what I'm – that's why I didn't pick him. I feel like there might be a, a lot of shock going on this year still, though. Like, even though, yeah, we might be predicting – Arizona to go nine and eight. Like who said they won't go like eleven and six? Like there's gonna be some kind of Oh no, yeah. I agree. Terrence, I think you made a great point right there. Yeah, there's gonna be I think there's gonna be a lot of like just like wow. Like this I mean, shoot, Seattle can end up last in the division, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would yeah, be really shocked. Their defense isn't that good. Offensively, they're gonna be I'd be I'd know. be really shocked if Seattle finishes last. 
I'd be thoroughly surprised. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I don't think even at the if Seattle doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, it's in my eyes they have to win. If they don't win, Russ is leaving next year. Well, that's my. I think I think they're tired of Russ. Like Russ said what he said, and you know they did get him help this year, and they did address it, and they did address the offense coordinator thing. I feel like if it doesn't dive into a Super Bowl win, they're leaving. Russ is getting traded. Like not he him leaving like they're moving off for us. Okay, so you I, mean, don't I can see it. I mean, I can see it. So you don't think that type of animosity mixed with the questions on defense, and uh, you know the fact that the division is that deep, you think it's wild that they wouldn't finish last? I'm not saying because they're bad. I just think the division is so strong. I mean, anybody. I won't say anybody. I think the Rams and Niners are. They're, yeah, I think it's Sunday. They want to finish last, but yeah, any, yeah any, exactly. Any given Sunday. And Arizona or Seattle doesn't have exactly the easiest schedule in the world. Um, even, I mean, I even them hitting the wall last year when, you know, midway, when after they started off hot, Russ was looking like MVP. They still were winning games when he came down off that. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. He's one of the best. I mean, I I think what it takes, and this also goes back to why I think the Niners are so quick to or would be willing to move off Jimmy G. I think in today's game, I mean, if you have an elite elite quarterback that can almost overcome most obstacles that you have as a team um and obviously i don't think anyone questions that russ is one of the most elite quarterbacks in the game um but yeah i don't, I don't know i just think the division's so deep it wouldn't be wild if they finished last even if it's with a winning record like a nine and eight or ten and seven yeah same thing so you know we, we, we've been through a lot of uh topics already discussion and, you know, I'm going to just open up the floor for my man, Nick. I'm gonna give, lone uh, wolf cry. Yeah, I'm going to give you a virtual pat on the back over here for your uh, all right. your heartfelt message or send off. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think I got all my uh, – if I could uh, tell you all how many – I mean, even you all text me about it. The amount of uh, condolences I've received over the last 48 hours has been ridiculous. My favorite <laughs> – my favorite athlete of all time is Dwayne Wade. Then very, 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 very close second after that is Julio Jones. So, you know, this one hurt for me. But after thinking about it, after everything, Julio would never win a Super Bowl with us. I hate to say it. It would never happen. You know, um, I don't think that we've got the uh, firepower defensively to get him what he needs. And even though uh, I don't think Tennessee's got even – you know, they're about as bad as us on defense. I think they've got a little bit better weapons um, offensively. You know, I'm very I'm very happy for Julio. I'm happy that he's getting into, into a new scenario. I think Ryan Tannehill is better than Matt Ryan. Um, you know, him and A.J. Brown have already seemed like they've become really good friends. And uh, A.J. Brown's admitted that he idolizes Julio. He tried to give up number 11 in the class act that Julio is. He said, no, nah, I'll, I'll take a different number. You, you're, you've been number 11. You've been that dude for Tennessee. I'll come here. Um, but all I want to say is, you know, to Falcons nations, you know, rise, rise up for Julio Jones because that dude has been everything for this franchise. The greatest player we've ever had come in. Uh, they should, I know you have to kind of wait for someone to retire for you, uh, retire their Jersey number. But if you could today should have been as soon as he touched down to Tennessee, you should have retired his Jersey. Um, and uh, I don't believe we played Tennessee this year. But whenever he comes back, if he comes back from Tennessee to Atlanta, there should be a standing ovation from every Falcons fan, everybody in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. This dude did everything for this franchise. Whatever you need to play hurt, 
if it wasn't for some of those catches that he made in the Super Bowl, that that uh, comeback would have been much swifter than the overtime. So he did everything we ever asked for him. Top five receiver all time, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I mean, class act, top to bottom. I love you, Julio Jones. I hate to see you go, but I hope you get everything that you ever deserve in, uh, in Tennessee. He's played 84% of his snaps. People. 84. So anybody who's got questions about his durability, I don't want to hear it. That is the best receiver in the game. when he's If he's wearing a jersey and pads, helmet, and there's a cornerback lined up against him, best receiver in the game. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. I, I, I just want to remind people, for me, if, if uh, football is a physical contact sport, right? Yeah. If a player plays 70% of his games, I'm happy. If, yeah. you, if you're above 70, boy, sold. You're doing good. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'm sold. Also, I just want to go back to one thing really quick. Matt Ryan, I know I give you a lot of crap, and I doubt you'll ever watch any of these podcasts, but on the one 0.00001% chance, you better send Julio uh, a Bentley, a Ferrari. You better send this man's kids Every birthday give anything they ever ask for. You better give him anything. Let's go back to the Super Bowl when he beast mode uh, Butler in the back of the end zone. That should have been an interception potential pick six. And Julio said, I'll take that, sir. This is going to be a touchdown. If you ask me, they won the Super Bowl when he did that. Like, (laughs) That was brawling. That was brawling. It was in Butler's hands, and he said, "No, sir, he, bro, that's he, mine." He grown man. Though. He literally took <laughs> it, looked at flipped him, him, literally flipped him when he pulled him off. Like, no. And then the and everybody talks about the Hogan catch, but the one that Julio had on the sideline. If it wasn't for that catch, I mean, there might not have even been an overtime. So, I mean, hey, there's I only just, so much I can say about Julio. I think well deserved send off. Well yeah. deserved send off. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Can we? I, I got something lined up for this uh the trade. Can we talk about that? Can I get that started, Terrence? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, bro. All right, I just want to lay first of all in our group. Did I not say you're not getting the first round from Julio? When I was throwing out packages that the Patriots could possibly send, I threw out a second and I threw out some players. I ain't even include like a six or nothing like that. But go ahead, Keith. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so Nick wanted to have a defender for Atlanta. Understandable. Is that too much to ask for? No. Is that too much to ask for? But listen, 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 listen. All right, so the Falcons are adamant that they wanted to get rid of Julio's contract. They needed to sign. For space, yeah. Draft class. I want people to remember, at first, like, when I heard about the picks exchange, like, it was a second and a fourth for Julio. And then Atlanta gave the Titans a six. I was like, so you mean to tell me – these playoff teams that needed a receiver didn't do this. They, they gave him a second and a fourth. You you mean to tell me? They didn't throw any players in there. Bro. They gave up a second and a fourth. So then I got to thinking, I'm like, there's no way. Come to find out the Titans ate all Julio's hit. So the Falcons weren't on the hook for any of uh, Julio's salary. So with that being said, I know Terrence is mad he didn't go to the Patriots. I didn't think, like I, I, I tell Terrence all the time, I've been talking about it. I didn't think Bill was confident enough at what his quarterback was, situation was, the room, like his quarterback room looked like. I think for us, it was more so about Atlanta not eating none of his salary. Yeah, for yeah. you guys having Gilmore's salary and then them not eating Julio's, that would be an issue. But I feel like if it, if he still had time back there, they would have they would have did it. They would have pulled the, the trigger. Is, we had the cap room. So my thing is, bro, y'all traded a second rounder for damn Muhammad Sanu. 
we're not we're not even gonna get into that. We're not if I if I had to if I had to vote the losers of the trades, I don't have the pack or the Patriots listed just because of the fact of like Nick, is that a Bible thing? Like maybe Bill was looking at the quarterback room and like we're probably I mean, not we're not getting to a Super Bowl. Why would I you know we're you and I are probably about to say the same thing. I got three losers and they're not teams. I'll tell you who it is when when you get done with this. But no, no, I agree with you. Uh, I was you and I just spoke. We had the perfect scenario for a one year thing. What the perfect scenario would have been for Atlanta defensively if we could try to improve. But go ahead, Marquise. No, I agree with you that the whole quarterback situation is probably the reason why he didn't do it. Number one is Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm willing to bet though if if Bill had Tom still in the room. And they did all those acquisitions. They got Nelson Aguilar. They got the tight ends. He would have easily pulled the trigger on on getting Julio. I think he would have pulled because yeah, he got he Randy. He got, the defense has improved in, in New England. And then on top of that, but I truly believe there's no bias. If you add Julio to the offense, you might be able to apply pressure on the Buffalo Bills. If not, snag oh, the last wild card. I would have gave them how many first rounders y'all want? Bet. <laughs> nah, but so the losers I got, I got the Colts. You need to get uh, Carson Wentz a security blanket. You know, he's coming off his worst statistical league year. Yes, you're praying him with his offensive coordinator. But I feel like if you could have put him with uh, with Carson Wentz, it would have helped. I feel like the Ravens, you let Lamar down. You didn't really because then you come to find out that Tennessee ate all the cap. I get why EDC didn't do it, but I wish he would have because yeah. it would have made plenty of sense. The <laughs> Niners, you definitely should have did it. You should have. I know that the Falcons, no, at, the Falcons were so adamant about not trading to the NFC because they didn't want to have to see Julio come play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, like Nick was saying, and he just lights them up, you know? So the, I wouldn't trade them either. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got, no, sir. I'm good. Bro, so I got the Niners, Packers, and the Bills. Bills, if you could have put Diggs and and uh, Julio on, on the field together, what? Like the Packers. It would have been more of like a. Oh, it would have been a desperate move to get Aaron. Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah, we, you know, had this situation, but look what we brought for you. <laughs> yeah, it would have been yeah. a des- desperate move for Aaron just to be like, hey, Aaron, like, we're trying, like, please come back to us. <laughs> so uh, you kind of touched on my uh, on my losers. So the winners, obviously, I mean, I think we're all the greatest is Tennessee, right? Tennessee wins us, you know, because sure. they knew. Let's, let's be honest. So let's look at it like this. I'm actually not mad at the Falcons. If you're going to trade to Tennessee, picks is the only thing you're going to get because you traded it to the one team that has a worse defense than you. So, I mean, okay. So, we're not going to improve on defense from Tennessee. Um, And then, obviously, Tennessee is not going to improve on defense from us. So, they're not going to get anything out of us. So, picks is the only thing they had to offer. Um, But the losers I had, I hate to do this to you, Marquise, but you already admitted it. The Ravens, it's Lamar Jackson. Because at the end of the day, yeah, if you're that concerned about – cap space i mean this is the type of player that you go for to to hit your cap because oh if you y'all are right there if you mean if if you mean to tell me we get julio and that means we can't re-sign mark andrews i'm fucking cool with it it is yeah. Y'all are so deep at tight end, bro. You don't need Mark Andrews. I mean, we're not deep. We just have Nick Boyle coming off an of injury. But, I mean, I love but, Nick well, Boyle. But that's what I'm saying is you got Andrews and Nick Boyle, and let's assume Boyle works well. You still got a crazy backfield, and you also got Julio Jones now. Sammy Watkins hopefully can pan out for y'all. Um, I, just, I just don't get the Ravens fans that are acting like it wasn't a big deal. And the deal. defense. You, like, you give – Obviously, first of all – 
Lamar Jackson's a one-man band by himself. And if you're telling me all you have, we already all agreed on this, I think, on the last podcast. Picks mean nothing to a team that's ready to win right now. And y'all have gotten all the way there every year. And there's just that one thing that makes a difference. Julio would be that difference. Your defense. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It's not that picks don't matter. It's just what picks you get. Because, like, the Chiefs were able to get Ladarius Sneed in the – I think they got him in the first, second round. Oh, no, he's a fourth round. He's a steal. He's their starting corner. And he's destroying dudes. It's crazy. It just – it de- matter. It depends. And like what's gonna help you now? Yeah, yeah. Where where you're picking and who you're trying to take. If well, you could, let me put it like this: the Ravens are gonna be at the back half of the first round for the foreseeable. We drafted two first rounders this, this if year. If y'all could have picked up someone like Devontae Smith or Jamar Jamar Chase in this last draft, I would have said, "Cool, don't worry about Julio because you could probably develop those guys." But the point yeah. is, is y'all are gonna get the the bottom of the barrel? And not saying that these. Because the receiver drafts, let's be honest, the last couple of years have been ridiculous. There's been a lot of good receivers. I like Rashard Bateman a lot. I just yeah, feel yeah. like if you could have brought in Julio to help him, yeah, bro, you mean to tell me now. I'm a big receiver and I'm going to learn from somebody that is big, fast, yeah. dynamic, and don't get this wrong. Bro, Julio is a pat, uh, is a run blocker. That's why if him going to Tennessee, yeah. bro, he's going to destroy the corner so Derrick Henry can fly by. First of all, have y'all seen his – uh, tackle highlights. So first of all, bro, I might have that play man play safety. outside linebacker. Or linebacker. <laughs> and so you're telling me he doesn't look like he. So and that's on dudes that are like linebackers or you know defensive ends that picked up uh, the sack bubbles. He will light up whatever defensive uh, back is on him. The other two I have as losers are Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I know that, and we can argue, you know. Maybe not so much because the Falcons did not want to trade him to an NFC team. Both of the other two teams are NFC teams. But Russell Wilson, two quarterbacks that are not healthy, not happy. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. These are two guys. If all you're saying is all you had to give up was a second round and a fifth round pick or fourth round pick, whatever, and you couldn't get this guy on your team, I think there's no way that the Seattle Seahawks or the especially the Packers couldn't say, all right, cool. I know you don't want to trade him to an NFC team but it will give you a defensive package with that. There's no way you can convince me that Terry Fontenot and the Atlanta Falcons wouldn't have said, okay, you know, we, we might not like them being in the NFC, but if you can give us some help on defense. See, I don't like, got nobody no, on defense to give you. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not asking for somebody like a Bobby Wagner or a, a Adams, but I mean, they got players. They're not necessarily a, uh, they're not necessarily a, Deep defense, but they got playmakers. You could have given somebody, and then Green Bay's got a plethora of weapons on defense. So uh, I would have ate 20 million, 30 million in cap. I don't care how much it would have cost me in cap. Yeah. Like, for the Patriots personally, like we would only have to give up a second round and a fourth round, or like bro, we traded for Humble Sanu. We've also traded for Brandon Cooks. We traded for Randy Moss. Granted, you know, later round picks, but we pulled the trigger before. So for me, it's like, okay, you have the 15 million in cap to go ahead and, okay. I told I told you what it is, because it's the quarterback room. I'm telling you, he uh, don't, Cam can go out there. He, one, Cam ain't going to flash back to MVP Cam. Let's be honest. He's no, not. Honestly, I think it's the the cap. Like if, if Atlanta would have ate some of the cap, which in this deal, I feel like they were letting it be known we're not eating any of the money. So, if they would have been like, yeah, we'll eat some of the money, because Belichick is cheap. That's one of his things. Like, I'm going to get you. Yeah, you're a good player. 
we gonna pay you not even might not be market value, but you come here and you gonna win. Yeah, I just I I yes. don't know, bro. It's you just it's, to get paid, but it's just, I feel like it's just Belichick not wanting to pay the four fifteen men because then he gonna have no flexibility. Well, you don't have no flexibility, and you don't know if that team. Let's be honest, you don't know if they're gonna win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like Julio isn't the cop. Like if you said, "Hey, I'll trade all my uh, pick or first round pick to get Deshaun Watson," we we don't know where that's going. But if that offense got Deshaun Watson at quarterback, you would he'd pull the trigger if Deshaun Watson didn't have what he was going on. What's going on? And it was just a first round pick. Bill would be like, yeah. "Here, take the first round pick and give me him." Like, you know, and that's the that's the issue. It's it's the it's simply. Just the quarterback room. If the quarterback, Nick, like, you hear what I'm saying? If the quarterback room was different, Nick, I feel like, like, Bill would just, boom, sign me up. Bill's a, Bill's a smart guy. You know, I've heard a lot of this, and it's weird when these analysts who cover the NFL this much, I think sometimes I think way too much. Bill was willing to go out and get Randy Moss when he knew that all they needed was one piece. It's not that he's, oh, I don't like big-time names or, oh, I don't like this. He's a probably the smartest coach GM combo we've ever seen in the NFL. He knows what he's doing. I don't think he believes he says he believes in Cam. Every move that he's made lets me believe, you know, it's not what you say, it's what you do. I don't think he necessarily believes in Cam. I think he thinks Cam's a placeholder. I believe in Cam, but I think he believes Cam's a placeholder and he doesn't know what's going to happen with Mac going forward. So he wasn't willing to pull the trigger on that. And yes, obviously the cap hit does play into that as well. If Julio was on a one-year deal for like ten million, I think it was a no question. Every team would have would have thrown it at him. Hey, but I don't think Bill, with the situation they have at quarterback right now, was willing to make the move. I'm I like, think they should have made the move, but I don't think that's why. <laughs> I think that's why he didn't make the move. I'm letting you know that that uh, people aren't talking about it, but that Tennessee combination with not being able to double neither one of those receivers, and you're going to take away having eight in the box on Julio or on Derrick Henry. And Tannehill is probably the best quarterback in a run-heavy offense. Like, you know, you, you got to know. Ryan Tannehill is probably going to get some MVP votes this year. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but he's – I mean, other than – Lamar's in a rushing offense, I would say, not like a, a running back-centric offense. It's just dynamic. I would – so I wouldn't count Lamar. Tannehill is probably a little better in, him in the aspect if he's in a run-heavy offense with a running back. But if you lined up Tannehill against Baker, he's better. You, Kurt, he's better. Kurt Cousins, he's better. Like people love showing those highlights of Tannehill when he was in Miami, but that was just a terrible. Again, we're going. Back Adam Gase was, was his, his coach or coordinator. You're like hello, yeah, yeah. People yeah. forget that Tannehill got wheels on him, bro. Did play receiver in college. Yeah. Look at you, like Pro Football bro. Focus. Look at who had the highest rated rushing. Uh, numbers on pro football focus for a quarterback number one is ryan Tannehill. he's dynamic over I'm, Allen, over I'm just like i'm just like you know i feel like tennessee pretty much did what the chiefs did and said you can't beat us on offense so we're gonna score every time and you're gonna have to stop us and they're they're betting on that you can't stop them and i'm willing to bet i already used yeah. the titans and madden all right and people don't really stop them on Madden. you're gonna add julio jones to aj brown like if they could have the only thing i wish they could have did is kept john smith it'd be over in that offense if they kept <laughs> I don't know if they can do it but if they can pick up like yeah like a really really solid tight end at some point I'm like if you just around. sneak a tight end from somebody like even if Atlanta just was like hey you know what Hayden Hurst we got Kyle Pitts we're going to move off you Hayden Hurst would thrive in a pass centric offense we weren't we weren't going to do that we were I no, mean we had, we had to keep as much help as we could did, yeah <laughs> hey, we hey stand there but I'm just saying <laughs> the aspect of that like it's going to be but yeah gonna, someone like a hey, like or think about this um 
Yo, what would be like super scary is uh, getting if, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, or what about from uh, Tampa? If they could get like OJ Howard, or um, who's the other one that they got? Cameron Bray. Yeah, Cameron Bray. They could yeah. get one of them too. Like that would be. I think they get Cameron because OJ's younger, so I feel like the Bucks would try to keep him. But yep. if you can go snag one of those Eagles tight ends, I think you know Zach Ertz is going to be on the market. I don't think the Eagles are going to bring him yeah, back. Definitely market. So. If you can bring him, I don't think they'll give you Dallas Goddard. He's young, you know, he's an animal. I don't think you're getting Dallas Goddard, but you can probably snaggle Zach Hurts. And if Zach Hurts is healthy, he he, he won a Super Bowl with him. He's they might they might try to uh, send him over to Indianapolis. Yep. Yeah. Keys, I mean, I know I know you play with them, so you know their uh their offense is predicated on the uh play action. It's about to be a lot, a lot of trouble defenses out there oh. because. You don't know what they're doing. I mean, there's a one team in the NFL where you genuinely got to basically guess every down. Are they going to run or are they going to throw? And if you guess wrong, I mean, you're either getting burned deep by Julio or A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry's carrying your entire defense on his back to the end zone. Like the Chiefs are, are a fault because they don't really have a – they get away from running the ball, you know what I'm saying? So you know how they're going to beat you. So you can kind of like plan for it. And then they just shock you if they run the ball, you know, like if they're running heavy. Do you think, was it Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Do you think that he might take off this year? I think he's I mean, good. He, I he think had a he... great year last year. And I mean, that, I, and granted, I'll be honest, it could have been because, like you said, everyone's so worried about the pass. It could be the opposite effect from Tennessee, where everyone's so worried about the run in Tennessee that the, the passing game gets so wide open. I mean, but you got to be worried about both now. You got to no, now, but I'm saying like with last year, you know, no, I, Brown, no disrespect to AJ Brown. He's a he's an elite receiver, but maybe with uh is Clyde Edwards Lair really that dude, or was it just the fact that everyone's so worried about Kelsey and um Tyreek Hill? I think he's I think he's that dude, but the issue is it's just uh they're gonna call pass plays like it's a, it's a matter of like getting the balance because they, they throw the ball so much you know what i'm saying and they just I had a question for y'all y'all remember jamal charles that played for them oh could you boy. imagine if he played with this offense what they would have done he you got know, to play he got the dumbest offense he got to play with years. alex smith didn't he and did yeah, he get he to did. play with him but yeah. his knees were like shot getting shot at that point weren't they yeah he, he right when alex smith came was right towards the end of jamal charles like reign but he was like the original like uh, I mean, him and Reggie Bush were like the two original, like primary pass catchers out of the backfield um, in the NFL. But and I think Jamal Charles is way you better. Show, you, better than show Boy, you better show LaDamian Thomason and Daryl Sproles some love. That was disrespectful. <laughs> this man let's be honest. All right. I'll admit, you know, but let's be honest. LaDamian Thomason was a primary runner. What I'm saying is Jamal Charles is like your premier screen catch. Yeah, all right, then you, you better That's show what I'm some, like, yes, you better show some love to Darren Sproles, then. <laughs> that Darren Sproles, come on. Jamal Charles was had better years than Darren Sproles ever thought about having. All right, y'all. Darren Sproles was, was the same. <laughs> disrespect. But all right, all right. Y'all right. y'all ready for this test I got going on this overtime? Oh, yes. Uh, this is probably my favorite part of the well, I'm going my gut this week. because this I, whole... looked up, I looked up a couple things. I won't even lie to you, so you're going to have to try to throw me off here. Yeah, I hope you got some good ones. I'm gonna try to throw y'all up. Coming out the gate, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask a toughie coming out the gate. Okay. This is strictly NFC West, right? Yes. So I want y'all to name one player who has rushed for 2,000 yards that played in the NFC West. In one season? Yeah. Uh it's, it's Marshawn Lynch. No, Sean Alexander. No. Now, 
There are seven total in the Dickerson. NFC. There's two in the NFC West. Dickerson. You're going that far back? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Dickerson, going, Dickerson ran for 2,000 yards. I'm going Sean Alexander. Who is it? It's, I'm pretty sure it's Dickerson. All right. So it's the two people that have rushed for 2K is OJ Simpson and so. Boom. Let's go. OJ. He didn't Who play. play for in that? He, he played for the Bills. Bills, yeah, he played for the Bills. Bro, he played for um. Yo, Terrence. Yeah, man. yeah. Bro. You might want to know your questions, no, no, big no, dog. No, 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 no. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna show y'all something. Let me move on to the next question. I'm gonna get back to y'all. Oh no, bro! <laughs> I knew it was Eric Dickerson. He, so, played, he played in Buffalo, and then OJ played in San Francisco the okay, last so two years. Francisco. All right, you got spared just then. Keep going. What you mean? All right, let's go. All right, so next question here. True or false? Jerry Rice caught more touchdowns in his first four NFL seasons than he did in four years at Mississippi Valley State. I'm gonna say, uh, Jerry Rice caught more touchdowns in his four NFL seasons than he did years at Mississippi Valley State. I'm not gonna lie, Marquise. Awesome. I think you're right. I think he probably diced people to pieces. That's why he's able to go from Mississippi Valley State to the NFL. But I'm gonna just to keep it interesting. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, would you say true? I'm gonna say false. I oh, know I said false. No, you I'm said false. false. Oh, I'm gonna say true then. All right, yeah. What is it? Okay. Well, the answer is false. So he caught 50 in college. Forty nine in his yeah. first. Yeah, I knew. That's just close. Was better <laughs> what? Just, bro, did y'all see that video that came out recently of him in practice where he was ruining everyone's day? Yo, yeah. come on. <laughs> I can't Man. wait till they start religiously releasing practice footage, like after everybody's done, like just letting. Them I feel bad for yeah. some of those older guys because we're we're so lucky to have all this stuff yeah, nowadays so. because like people. The generation after us is going to be like, oh, Jerry Rice was garbage. But we got that little taste of his footage, and we're like, yo, this man was ridiculous. Yeah, like there's there's players, like, you know, because we're younger, that you didn't get to see play. Like, you know, yeah. their highlights of in-game action only do so much justice because you're just catching highlights. Yeah. But to see yeah. this man running those routes in practice? On a defense that sees him every day? Like, yeah, on, bro, like these I, dudes I, know his routine, <laughs> and they couldn't figure it out. Oh, my God. It's bad. Yeah. So – Next question. Uh, who has won the division the most? I'm gonna go San Fran. I'm gonna take it away from New York. You have to go San Fran. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Rams because Seattle was dumpster oh, juice back for in a the minute. 60s, oh, back I'm gonna in go the 60s, Rams. The Rams were elite. So you, you stay with your answer, Nick? I'm, yeah, yeah, I'll have my answer. All right, yeah, so Nick was right at 49ers. Yeah, they fucking ripped off, what, like six championships? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they went straight from Joe Montana straight into Steve, Steve Young. Young. Like, yeah. That's no fair. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a dead giveaway. Right, so yeah. we can choose the same answer? Yeah. Oh, all right, then. I should have just picked it. I yeah, knew yeah, that was. All right, so next question. This might be an easy one. Okay. NFC West team has won the most Super Bowls. Sam Niners. Okay, okay. Yeah, both right. Both right. <laughs> you got five between Steve yeah. and uh, All right, this is, a, this is a current day. So what's the score right now? Two to three, Nick. Uh, yeah, two to three. Hey, I'm letting y'all know I don't mean to interrupt Terrence's question. 
Nick beat me in the mile challenge, right? I ran a 751. Nick oh, you were going to let me talk about trash. I was going to finish that. Yeah, Nick, okay. Nick ran, what, a 726? I'm just yeah. letting y'all know. He ran on the fucking treadmill. But keep going. All right. <laughs> Bro, I ran like a 10 minute mile if I ran through my apartment complex. Due to my conditions, I couldn't run. <laughs> hey, whoa, yeah. You taking the L for this week of running? I'm going to just, no, I'm going to run. Sick. I'm like, when I'm uncongested, I'm going to run. So you got to run. So th- you you took the L in the first week, like by default, your first week is done. I can, I can I can make it up. I can run two miles. I can run a mile one day, then a mile another day. Nah, nah. Uh, I took an L. I took an L. It was a, it was right, a yeah. Tuesday deadline. Hey, Nick got the week one victory right here. Playboy. Nick got the week one Vic. I'll give him that. Yeah, never mind. Right, so on you. I, I want to know who all voted on you, Marquis. So, I think so a, I think happens. a lot of people did, but to be honest, I hadn't ran in a while, and I and it's weird because every time I run, if I'm not running against someone, I'll like judge how I'm running. You know, like I'll be running. I was I'm a little like, scared. Oh. I'm I like, oh, I'm chill, I'm chilling, I'm chilling, I'm chilling. <laughs> and but if someone's running next to me, I'm like, oh, let me like I can yeah. go, like let me get it going. <laughs> but nobody's against me, so I'm like, okay, like let me. Because I hoop, get there. I hoop all the time. I play basketball at least four days a week, so I was like, I haven't ran a mile, and I can't tell you how long. I was like, I might be able to. My goal was to bust under seven minutes. And yo, like probably three fourths of the way of the mile, I was pacing for that, and then like yo, I started to fall apart right there. Boy, you saw I, how sweaty I was. I started to die. I, think. I, dro- I dropped those ten seconds in like five days. I'll let you know I'm about to drop twenty seconds this week too. I'm gonna get under six minutes. Oh god, around seven minutes. <laughs> nah, I got you. I'm getting you. I was like, cause I was running right, and I looked at my the, my phone because I had the app on my phone. I was like, almost at a, a mile, right? And it was like seven. 35 right and i'm like all right man let me not cut it on yet like i didn't want to cut it on too early i was and i knew i should have just hauled it right there because i was thinking about it i was like 7 30 it's still too late yeah all right i got you, you enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it enjoy it i got you i'm on your ass bro right when now. i put when i bust out that 650 next week i want to hear it yeah on a treadmill i want to hear it Mark. hey, hey, it, hey let, bro let, let let's be honest Cause isn't it easier to run on a treadmill? No, no, I would never, I would never deny that. But I'll send you a picture of what my apartment. Complex no, you're, is right you're no, you're good. But I know on a treadmill, I could get like a fifteen to like an eighteen second difference on what I would normally run. Like and clean. You still would have lost. All right. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Right. Anyway, sorry for the interruption from. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. From our so over here. From our over here. We well, got my, uh, my dog's probably faster than you. Let's keep going. <laughs> Probably, bro. You gotta you talk about a dog with four legs, bro. Get out of here. So, last question here. So, what player in the NFC West is named nicknamed Nook? Nook? Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, bro. It's DeAndre Hopkins. What kind of question oh, is that? It's a question. I had to give y'all the <laughs> So. Nick won this segment. Bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I knew we could pick the same answers, I would have took the Niners that one. We both literally knew it was the Niners. We were like, oh, it's the Niners. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were like, oh, it's the hey, Niners. But he chose um, true on the other answer with Jerry. Yeah, I, I was going to take your answer, too, on the Mississippi Valley State one. Uh, so I, mean, I, one. I, guess, I guess we could rock. That's fair. For you throw Sean Alexander. I, I bet you it was about like sixteen or 1,700 yards he had that year. Bro, I don't know why I thought Sean Alexander and didn't think about like I thought about Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson, because you know what's funny, Eric Dickerson is the reason why when I played flag football, I used to run to one side and then cut back the other way, because I used to see his highlights and Eric Dickerson would haul ass to one side of the field, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 everybody's here. And then bro. I can't remember which NFL street it was, but he was one of my favorite players to play on NFL street. Bro, my grandfather, bro, used to be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And nobody would catch me. <laughs> but he's like, just keep bro, going. Bro, playing that. He wasn't even like, Eric Dickerson's over there like, oh, shit, I got to go the other way. Uh, Marquise over here. All right, I can't wait till everybody gets here so I can reverse field. <laughs> bro, it, it used to be so funny. I think I was like like eight or nine, bro. I just used to be on one side. I'm like, bro, whoa, whoa, I'm going back this way. And nobody would catch you. So I'm like, oh, it's such a bad habit because like if you're really not still that fast as you get older, like you go to cut yeah. back and someone, someone's at the safety or someone's going to come get you. I'll admit this on this podcast. The whole reason why I quit playing football, bro, is I want to play quarterback so bad. And I don't know if you knew who played quarterback for us, uh, Marquise, but we had Josh Mizell. Um, and I knew he was so much better than me, bro. It made me so fucking mad. I was like, yeah. I was like, if I'm not going to play quarterback, I'm not going to play. And I was waiting. They put me at wide receiver, bro. And I had good hands, but I was too. I was way too slow to play wide receiver. I, did, I didn't play football for our school. Our school was trash. And I couldn't oh. play football with my cousins. So <laughs> I ain't about to be just blocking the whole game and I play receiver. That sounds like a scam on a scam. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was so mad when I saw they put him. This is in eighth grade. They put him at starting quarterback. I was like, yeah, this ain't for me anymore. <laughs> so we got Nick today at the end of the segment today giving us the word of the day. Take us away, Nick. All right. So I got I, I got a little bit of motivation for everybody out there. You know, you're always going to have obstacles. So don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. So every everyday life is going to present you obstacles. It's going to present you challenges. Um, you just got to keep pushing through it because your body – will quit way before your mind does. So if you can train your mind to take you a little bit further, that extra step, that extra mile, you know, Marquise, I, I, we, you know, we joked about the mile and everything like that. I, I swear straight up, you know, I thought I was just going to bust straight through and be able to be able to run straight through it. I got about, and we're talking about one mile. This is how if, you know we're old. If I, if I ever see you, we're definitely running a mile next week. We can do it. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably, I, it'll be like I, a Kobe I, thing. I'd be either, willing to put. I win or I die. <laughs> I'd be willing to put hard money. Like if we run next to each other, like I'm going to get you. But don't close. worry. I got, um, I got the month. So let me get this word off. All right. Go, so, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. so uh, but yeah, like I, I wanted to give up towards the end. And all I thought of, I was like, you know, I got to beat Marquise. So, uh, you know, you, your, your mind will take you a lot farther than your body will. So regardless of whatever the, uh, the obstacles are that you got, don't, don't give up when you're tired, give up when you're done. Well, I know oh, yeah. Nick was feeling me beating him as like, Oh, I, when you I said, did you I, see how I, sweaty I, I was? Did you see how sweaty I was? Bro? Bro, I knew when he ran his mile, he's like, I got to beat him. I got to beat him. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what Terrence gets as long as I beat him. <laughs> yeah. Bro, Terrence gonna come yeah. in. We're talking uh, this. I'm waiting to see what Terrence is. Everybody around a 530. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> he, he, he full dad, bro, mod. I'm, hey, I got him cracking at least eight. He's going to get below an eight. If you don't get below an eight, it's disrespectful. We're not. I'm going to run a good time. I'm, I'm going to run, I'm gonna run a sub eight. I'm going to run below eight. Yeah, if you can't run a sub eight, and I, I'm letting like, you know, I ran, what, the 751, and then I ran the 740 the other day. Like, you should be able to get below an eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely running so. I'm not trained for this. So, right. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm running again tomorrow, Nick. I'll bro. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna give you my mile on Monday nights from now on. I'm going to run a mile every day and give you my mile on Monday nights. I'm running, <laughs> I'm running, I'm running at least two, two to three a week at whichever one I feel like I want to put put in the chat for my one for the week. Oh, training, training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to give me, if you just Nick, Nick is about to get, Nick is going to get peak me, like me doing it. I, there's no way in high school it was like, a 540. I'm not getting anywhere near that. 
and the army was like six six minutes and like 30 something sometimes 20 i could probably do like seven even there's no way i'm getting to 630 like i don't run that much yeah 630 would be like i think the impossible again now at least five years was like the fastest i ever ran and you're talking about like that was when i was playing basketball in high school we had a psychopath of a coach for my freshman and sophomore year (laughs) This dude was like a drill sergeant. Yeah, and we're yeah, talking about crazy. at times like I was way lighter. Like I'm sitting at like yeah. 198 to like two. I thought it was like 140 my sophomore year, and that oh, was you were small. That's I thought I was skinny. Yeah, I only weigh 170 right now. Really? Stop lying. Yeah. I swear. Did this man right say in the chat he was like 190 when I said no? My you said you're 190. I said you got like 20 pounds on. Me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, <laughs> no, all right, um, yes. I'll show you my transformation. At one point, I was 200 pounds. I lost a bunch of weight. I got fat after high school. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's show, this podcast. We enjoy y'all tuning in, especially for the ones who stuck around to the end. uh, This has been coming forward with the guys, Keith, Nick, and myself. We out of here. We got y'all.